What's your lemonade stand story? He was like, YouTube's going to be the next big thing, Dev. I'm like, you need to get on that. And you get on it early. And I'm like, uh... And all of us, we all go through our own trials, our own, our own level of stuff. Sure hope this works out. Otherwise, this will be a huge waste of time. I mean, what else is it all about other than just taking risks and continuing to try and grow and hopefully yeah. make, get better and better at making things? Most of the billion-dollar brands you've seen were started by people that were just solving a problem for themselves. We're telling Lemonade Stand stories from some of the world's top creators, makers, and go-getters. We're rolling. We're rolling right now. We're rolling right now. Hey, just, uh, we're having fun. We're having fun. We're rolling. Yeah. Hey, guys. This podcast today is sponsored by Yala, a task management and team collaboration software that we use at Lemonade Stand. We use Yala to keep all of our team members organized, wherever they are. In fact, we used it to plan and organize this podcast. Visit yalla.team, that's Y-A-L-L-A dot team, and try it for free. We also have a special offer for all listeners of this podcast. Use promo code LEMONADE and get a lifetime 25% off if you upgrade. What's going on, guys? This is Jim Provoker with the Lemonade Sound Stories podcast, and I'm here with Amelia Wilcox, and we are, this is going to be a speed, this is going to be a speed podcast. We're going to like, we're going to, we're going to jump through this. It's going to be so fun and so exciting because she's back to back. That's, that's how popular Amelia is. And, um, and we're very excited, but it was interesting because like, uh, another guest and we just barely decided it was Daniel from Sensei that, uh, that introduced us. And, um, he was like, you got to have Amelia on the podcast. She's so great. She's fantastic. She had a completely different business before the pandemic. And after the pandemic, had to like pivot to stay afloat. Um, and I was like kind of like, looking up a little bit of Zenovate, which is currently like her, that, that's what you founded, I believe. And um, um, it's all about having mental health in the workspace. And I'm like, dude, I need more mental health in my own life, in my own workspace. So Anyway, um, Amelia, thank you so much for joining me on this fun adventure on the Lemonade Sound Stories podcast. How are you doing today, first off? I am awesome. Let me turn off my Slack so we don't get interrupted. <laughs> thank you so much. It's the best. Oh my gosh, I should do that. Same thing. I'm going to do not disturb myself. You know, it's going to be so good. Um, anyway, so tell me about life. Like, like what's been going on? How, what, what did you end up doing before the pandemic? And how did you even become into the world of entrepreneurship? Yeah, so I, I've kind of always been into entrepreneurship. Uh, I mean, in my childhood, like I have memories of like my, my dad could get like these giant chocolate chip cookies wholesale from Amazing. his job. And so I would buy them from him and then take them to school and sell them. So it's like, I think I paid like 50 cents a cookie and I could sell them for $2 a cookie. And, <laughs> I did that for a while until the school shut me down. <laughs> and then, uh, oh gosh, they did. Yeah, and then, I mean, we made one one year. We all did like handmade Christmas cards that we like sold to our friends and neighbors and stuff like that. So I kind of had experiences like that growing up. Um, so you broke your also, teeth. You broke your teeth with cookies, in a sense. You know. Yeah, and they're still my favorite food. <laughs> as as they should be for everybody. You know, um, so yeah, I that's kind of my mindset. I also saw my mom like worked for Walmart and was mm -hmm. like, 
she got like fired and it was just it was just kind of devastating to see like when you're not in control like she'd worked there forever given everything to them she worked at the hypermart which is like the biggest walmart in the u.s in kansas city missouri and um had worked there for I think, like a decade or more um and then they just decided to fire her because she'd been like clocking in and out and like adjusting her own time clock, which totally she shouldn't have been doing, but she was absolutely not stealing time. Yeah. Um, anyway. And I just kind of saw that and I was like, well, that sucks. You work for somebody else and you may or may not be employed and yeah. kind of always had that mindset. And so, you know, I worked for the YMCA from like 16 to 18. Um, and then basically I worked for myself ever since. Oh, I did have like one semester where I worked at Domino's yeah. Pizza. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I moved to Utah, went to massage school, worked for myself, had my own private practice. Um, my husband and I had had like, a, an online eBay business for a while. Then we did like, we had an online outdoor retail store and then 2008 yeah. came and shut it down and like, nobody was buying. Things. Yep. Yep. So we were just left with a ton of inventory and, uh, a ton oh, of debt. And uh, we're kind of just stuck. And so I was like, well, how can I like get our family out of this hole? And like, what kind of a business could I start doing something I'm more passionate about? I wasn't really into outdoor gear. Mm. Uh, really my husband. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was into massage. I did massage for years. Then I was just like, how can I scale that? Um, and so I started just bringing massage into the workplace, just like traded massage for like design work from one of my friends and just had them kind of um, build me a brand and a yeah. uh, like a brochure. And I just started handing that out to all my friends. And I was like, take this to work, take this to work just to see yeah. if someone would fight. And then we got our first job um, here in Salt Lake city from a law firm and they're still our clients today. Um, but nice. yeah, that's kind of, I had to like go out and find massage therapists to work that job and figure out, you know, build out all the systems to scale it. And so that started my 10 year journey with Incorporate Massage. Yeah. Where we, you know, we expanded to providing massage services for businesses all over North America. We were in Mexico, Canada, every state in the US, 1200 oh massage therapists. We worked with 4,000 companies. Um, and yeah, just, growing <laughs> killing it exceeding our goals everything was going awesome yeah. and then covid hit and we went to zero in 10 days oh my gosh that's uh yeah that's a pretty big uh it's a pretty big change very very quick change you know what i mean oh man that uh, that's pretty intense i mean did you feel like like the scaling of of that like hiring a massage therapist was like was that like a pretty tough thing to do cuz like that's a you're like hey i just started one company now it's like oh i got four thousand clients now and i have all these different therapists all over the place like that seems like a pretty big roller coaster you know what i mean to to get to that point um was that a pretty big challenge to get to that point i don't feel like it was that big of a challenge i mean <clears throat> the big challenge in doing this kind of like on-demand service provider kind of model like a technical no. services business is you have to have the supply before you have the demand and that supply quits when there's no work right 
So there is, you just have to have that expectation that like a portion of your overhead is going to include like constantly hiring people and seeing this turnover. So it, for instance, in Utah, Utah is one of our biggest markets. Um, We have a lot of clients here. Our, we had people that worked for us full time, people that work for us as much as they want. We really didn't have a lot of turnover in Utah because mm-hmm. people stay super, super busy. So we were always kind of shooting for like, let's get all the major metropolitan areas, this level that Utah's at, yeah. where all of our massage therapists have, have as much work as they want. Um, but we also, like we had 60 massage therapists just here in Utah. And we would also have stuff like the hospital wants 20 massage therapists all day for a week. And we'd have to subcontract out to some of our competitors because we're so wow. busy here. So it's kind of this delicate line and this balance that you're always walking of like, how many people do we need? We need way more people. Like you want a ton of people to accommodate like all these large events and things where you need multiple therapists and then you're, you're going to lose people because they're going to go find other jobs. So, Oh my gosh. That I, part was the biggest challenge, but as far yeah. as like developing the system for like interviewing, onboarding, training and managing people remotely uh, that are providing that kind of service, that part um, is just like, you build the process once and then you repeat it, you know, you're constantly tweaking and improving, but um, it wasn't that hard. That part was, <laughs> that yeah. was not hard. No, you know what? That, that sounds so right. I, I remember I was at a, um, so I, I worked before, before um, I started doing this podcast, like my, my, my primary career uh, is I'm an actor and, and I work in film and I produce movies and stuff like that. And there was this one time I remember uh, going to uh, an investor's office and in like in this, you know, bu- building and uh, he, he's a funny guy. And I was going to see if I could get some money from him. So my partner and I go in there and we knock on the door and uh, to like this, this office and this lady answers. I don't know who this lady is. And she's just like staring at me and she doesn't even like say anything to me. She's just kind of staring at me kind of creepily almost. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, uh, hey, um, is, um, is Blake here? Because I need to go see him. And she just kind of like motions with her arm to like for me to go and sit inside. I'm like, all right. So I guess we both go and we sit inside. I'm trying to make small chat with, with this girl. And she's just like not saying anything at all. Just nothing. And then like after moments of like pure awkwardness, um, Blake finally enters and he sits down. And the moment I start speaking, this girl suddenly comes up behind me and starts massaging me. And I'm like, what in the world is happening right now? And he was playing a joke on me. He's like, that's like their massage therapist. It might pro- she probably works for you. But uh, <laughs> anyway, they uh, he hired her to give me a massage while I'm pitching him so I could like be relaxed. You know, and it was, it was just so funny. It was just so funny that he would do that. But anyway, that's my only experience I feel like with like like a uh, work massage therapist. So. <laughs> so you yeah, provide and I brought, I brought massage therapists with me pitching to VCs and stuff like, and while I'm pitching to you, you're going to stay and relax. Yes, exactly. No, that's, that's amazing. Um, but now you said COVID hit, which, you know, was a, was pretty much the leveler of like a lot of different industries, including mine. You know, that's one of the reasons why I, I also pivoted a little bit and I still do acting cause it's, it's back now, but now I picked up a whole different thing. So I'd like I'd love to jump into Zenovate because like this sounded awesome when I was like looking through it. How did this come about? And was this like a brainchild that happened during COVID or was it before, but now you're gonna implement it? How did that go down? Yeah, so we were we had like just raised money to build out our like our on-demand platform for massage to build it out so that we could bring anything on site. So it was mm. kind of the world was in this place where it was like all these companies are bringing like everything on site. There's like on site chiropractic, on site dental, on site yeah. everything, like all the way up to even like 
on-site escape rooms and and like all these crazy things. So we were living in this era where like everyone was bringing everything into the office. And it was like, your employees never leave. You like, it's so the opposite of how it is right now. It's just crazy. But so we were building our platform to be able to like add all these different service types and basically kind of become this marketplace for corporate on-site services. Um, And that is where we were going. And then COVID hit and we were like, well, on-site's dead. We don't know if it's ever coming back. And, you know, and then over the course of the last year, it's like company after company after company. It's like, we're never bringing our employees back. Like mm. Comcast that's not bringing any of their call centers back. Like they have no plans to return. And so all their call center employees are working remotely. Um, even yeah. like, I just want to call with the state of Texas. They don't plan to go back to the office to 2023. And it's in, even then, it's only going to be certain personnel, and they're only going to have to work yeah. a couple days a week on site. So I'm it's just like, crazy. It yeah. is crazy. And then, I mean, there's still all these people out there that think like, yeah, everybody's going to, like, people say that right now, but eventually they're going to they're have everybody come back, and it'll just be interesting to see. But either way, we're going to end up with kind of both models still. Mm-hmm. Um, like companies like Intel is one of our clients, and like their employees are all back on site, right? They manufacture. So they have to have people in there making those chips. Otherwise the world falls apart because we're so yes. those microchips. Yes. Um, so we basically were just like, okay, on-site's dead. We don't know if it's coming back. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Let's pretend like it never comes back. What are we going to do with the technology we have and the people we have and serve a new? Um, mm. So then it was just kind of a process of like talking to all of our clients to discover like what their struggles and needs were right now. What are, what mm. are their pains? What are their employees' pains? And kind of two things came up over and over again. One was um, employees are feeling disconnected from the company and disconnected from each other. And that is mm. negatively affecting turnover, right? They're having like retention problems. Yeah. And then the other huge one, the biggest one was just like, everybody's mental health is in a bad place. Right? They're having yeah. depression and anxiety. Uh, substance abuse is just off the charts. Um, mm. So we were like, hmm, all right. Well, you know what? We have like a system that can manage licensing by state, can manage scheduling. Like, let's try adding some new service types to the platform and let's go see if we can sell it, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how it started. It, it had many iterations and evolutions between here and there. But um, what ended up happening is we built a network. I don't even call it a network because they're W2 employees, but we we hired a bunch of licensed counselors, social workers, um, psychologists, and just people to help with mental health. And uh, I think yeah. we have like like 70 people now in 32 countries. Wow. Um, and we're serving global companies, which is pretty awesome. So, and then it's, it's instant, right? They just open up the app. They can book with somebody tomorrow. Whereas like most EAPs, or if you're going through your insurance, EAP is an employee assistance program. Um, but if you're going through your company's EAP or your insurance, you're eight to 12 weeks out to see somebody. Yeah. And this is, this is pretty cool, right? It's pretty immediate to like have access to a therapist at the moment they need it. Is that yep. right? Yep. Oh yeah. No, we're working on therapy right now and a care bot. Those are some of the initiatives we're hoping to have set up before the end yeah. of the year. So we can kind of have all these different levels of care. Um, but we do have, we have pre-recorded videos on like every mental health subject. So if you're like, live with somebody who is struggling with substance abuse right now. Like there's a video yeah. for that. Like, here's how you handle that. And these are the things mm. you say and don't say. And right. Um, or, you know, if you're struggling with anxiety or you have a child that's dealing with depression, so there's like videos for all those things. So people can watch the video. There's mm. uh, 
articles basically for every video we have there's like a written form of that they can download and read um or they can talk to a live counselor if they need to so we're just building in kind of like some more levels where it's like they could text a therapist if they want or chat instead of having to set up an appointment but that's incredible yeah. that's super that's super great you know and it's like super media a, a buddy of mine has done something kind of similar for himself because he has his own uh therapy practice. And he's like, you know what? Um, I want to make it more online and more streaming. Cause now, and so now he is like traveling the world with his wife and doing therapy from wherever he's at around the world. And as long as they've got get internet access, they're able to like still make that connection and talk to people and stuff. Do you feel though that is there, is there a difference between the face to face connection of like personally meeting with someone versus like doing it through like an, like an online platform? Is there, is there any difference there or is it, are people still be able to like connect pretty well and, and like be able to, you know, I mean, there's a difference. Like there's a difference of you and me talking right now versus right. sitting in my office and like being able to read entire body, body language versus just like from the neck up. Right. Yeah. So there's yeah. definitely like a difference just because it is different. But what I've seen is like, in fact, I saw somebody posted on LinkedIn, my friend Sims posted on LinkedIn, like this, gift because he's like so happy that he just got prescribed antibiotics in 10 minutes um without oh, having yeah. to go anywhere right like because yeah whatever it is you stick with so just like what i'm seeing is it's like once you've done it you don't want to go back to in person <laughs> wow, like really the convenience um i actually have i have uh two daughters that have um are in therapy for different things and they meet with their doctors over Zoom too. Um, hmm. And it's been it's been it's been effective. So um, it is a little bit harder with like younger kids. So our youngest, our nine year old, um, she does behavioral therapy, and she would go in all through COVID. We still drove her there to do it in person. So I think younger kids struggle with it a little bit. Um, maybe people that struggle with technology struggle with it a little bit. But I sure. I mean, some people really like it because they're way more comfortable in their home. Absolutely. Somebody else's office. Um, so it's just, I think it's just a matter of like trying it. And then once you've done it, you're like, oh, this is way better. This is way easier. <laughs> I don't want to have yeah. to have it somewhere. So, um, so yeah, oh, I man. mean, we have not seen a decline. Or, I mean, that has not been a problem. The utilization is, is like crazy high. So people. No, I, I think it's, I, I think it's super important. I mean, here's the deal. Like I, I, um, I was having lunch with a buddy of mine last year and he opened up to me about the depression that he was facing. And I was pretty surprised. Cause like, you know, the guy's like a very confident, you know, like just, you know, pretty like rock solid type of dude. And, um, I, I and I started like looking around and realizing, Oh my gosh, like the isolation has really, really done a number like way more than like, you know, like the, I, I think way more than the effect of coronavirus. I think like the, um, like the aftermath of it, like the, the isolation, the depression from that has been really tough on a lot of people. So I think you've definitely found like an awesome, awesome, uh, problem to solve. You know what I mean? And so that's amazing. So let me ask you this. I know our, your time is kind of coming to an end. I was going to ask you a couple last questions. Um, what brings you joy right now? Um, mountain biking, <laughs> being in the mountain. Good answer. Um, it's so nice. I actually just got back from mountain biking, which if anybody's watching the video, that's why I look like this. <laughs> Listen, I think this is fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I just being outside, being with my family, canyoneering, just um, 
I also love creating, right? Like I love work, yeah. building something that didn't exist before, solving problems. But I mean, doing massage was super rewarding because you finish a massage event and everybody's like, that was so amazing. Yeah. Boys are so happy. And we're so relaxed and whatever. Like you are constantly getting positive feedback all the time. So it's just like this really rewarding thing. Yeah. And mental health has been even more. It's like, like when you read, when you read people's comments and they're like, I was on the verge of a mental breakdown. I couldn't get into mm. my KP for eight weeks. And then my company launched Zenovate and I was able to talk to someone tomorrow and like avoid like the suicidal thoughts that I was having, like manage that. Yeah. They're like somebody, somebody else left a comment the other day that said that it, their life took a 180 degree turn. You know, there's just not, there's wow. nothing more rewarding than that. So, I mean, that brings me a lot of joy too. So I, I love it. No, that, that is really incredible. I mean, like that's like the, um, that's a dream, right? Like to be able to create something and have an, a really positive influence on somebody is, is, is awesome. Like I, I have the same type of high when uh, I make a film or something and, I, and it comes out and people are impacted in a positive way as a result of like the story or whatnot. Right. And I think that's what it is like finding ways to like really empowering people. Um, and yeah, like I said, um, so I had a buddy of mine last year, unfortunately he passed away, but he was um, a big advocate. His name is Colin Karchner and he was a big advocate on uh, like saving the kids, like saving kids from like their cell phones and like from social media and all that type of stuff. And the reason why was he just said like, look, it, it actually isolates a lot more than you think and makes kids feel like they're worthless. And, um, and it was like a really eye opening thing for me to be like, wow, it's interesting how many people struggle with different type of, illnesses are feeling like they don't feel good enough or, or whatever it is. So we're it's so awesome that you're able to do we're, we're meant to be social. And yeah, I think the issues with kids, anxiety and depression that's been connected to cell phone use is just another illustration of that. It's yeah. just like what we've been experiencing with COVID. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. We need, we need each other. We need each other. And I think that's a powerful, powerful message. Um, so last two questions for you. Um, what is your greatest fear right now? Uh, that's a fun question. It's a fun uh, question. I think my biggest fear is really just like becoming like not able, mm. <laughs> uh, either, you know, I've been dealing with like lots of injuries and like illnesses over the past four years and like losing my ability to do the things that I love and being like left behind by everybody mm. else going off and doing all the things that I love. And so that's, uh. I don't like that feeling of not being able to just do what I want to do. So yeah. I like, I'm like afraid of like getting dementia or like breaking my leg or yeah, lots of yeah. things. I, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I, um, I don't, I don't mountain bike, but um, I'm a big avid snowboarder. And, uh, and I love to go fast, but I have my limits too, because I'm just like, you know what? I have to like weigh the, weigh the risks. Like if I go, if I do a jump and I get hurt, you know, um, what is that going to do for me down the road? And I'm like, and so I just avoid jumps at all costs. I'm like, nope, I don't want to even like attempt it and get hurt. And then like have like all these other things. So I, I totally get that. Um, and then the last question is, what would you tell your younger self? The one that is like, you know, loving selling cookies and all that stuff. What would you tell yourself now knowing what you know now? 
I mean, I think it's just that you're like so much stronger than you think you are. Mm. Like, isn't that the thing that none of us really know until we're like pushed through the fires of hell? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, you don't really know what you're yeah. actually capable and what you can endure uh, until you've been pushed. So, if I wanted to talk to my younger self, I would be like, you are freaking tough and strong and like you can do it. And you're yeah. A lot more than you think you are. So. Yeah, I love it. It's a great, it's a great way to end this podcast. But no, seriously, <laughs> I, I think like, yeah, being brave and being confident in the fact that you can face the the challenges that are presented to you is is awesome to know. And um, and sometimes it just means taking a day at a time. You know what I mean? Like just one step at a time. So exactly. Well. Seriously, uh, Amelia, thank you so much. Thank you so much for creating what you've created, for being on this podcast. Uh, I hope you go back to doing massages uh, and, and doing that part of your business again because uh, when I when I make more movies, I want to hire you guys to come and massage like fellow actors on set, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we've, we've actually done a lot of actors uh, yeah. and done work with like NBC and it's fun, so. No, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll chat soon. Okay. Okay. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Lemonade Stand podcast. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you use to be alerted when we release new episodes. We'd also love to hear your feedback in the reviews. And if you or someone you know has an awesome Lemonade Stand story, please reach out to us on social media and let us know. Thanks so much and have a great day.